Hello and welcome to another edition of Hey Ladies. This week is extra special because we are finally on iTunes, uh, which I am super stoked about. So now you can have Hey Ladies with you no matter where you're going, as long as you have a smartphone. Um, I'm just kidding, but hopefully you can listen to us because now we are online. We're on the website, heyladies.tumblr.com. If you want to keep up with my ridiculous Tumblr commentary about different things going on throughout the week. Um, but yeah, we're on iTunes. It's super exciting. You can put us on your podcast app. Um, there's an active RSS feed for anyone who's savvy enough to know what that is. It took me a really long time to get everything up there. So I'm super excited about it. So please, please subscribe. I would love to see a couple of those numbers go up and know that people are actually listening to this crazy thing. Uh, so besides iTunes news, which is super exciting, uh, I'm super stoked to share with you my conversation with Caroline uh, Bassett this week. She is a local Austin comedian. Uh, She just returned from the All Jane No Dick Comedy Festival in Portland, and I actually saw her when she opened up for Lena Dunham a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Lena was in town for her book signing, and Caroline was one of the uh, local acts that she chose to open for her on her book tour, which was... uh, really awesome. I really enjoyed Caroline's act. She's super funny. Uh, We talk a little bit about her jokes, her writing process. We talk about the local Austin scene, other big, um, kind of more celebrity-esque comedians that we both enjoy, um, along with a few off-color topics. So just a warning for folks who might be listening, this is not really safe for work to play out in the office, but put on your headphones. It'll be great. Uh, you can catch Caroline uh, next at the Fun 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 Fest, which is next weekend. If you're here in Austin, that's November 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, she'll be playing the comedy stage there. So super exciting. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Miss Bassett. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, this is Hey Ladies. I talk to interesting ladies. <laughs> Thank you for calling me an interesting lady. Yeah, of course. Um, So I would love to hear a little bit about how you got started in comedy, and we'll eventually get to, um, I'm sure, what was an interesting phone call that you were opening up for Lena Dunham a few weeks ago. (laughs) Okay. Um, How I got into it. I don't remember exactly how old I was. I was watching Seinfeld, and I couldn't have been younger than six or older than eight Mm -hmm. and uh i saw jerry doing his thing at the beginning or end of an episode and i didn't know what he was doing and i asked my dad and he told me what it was and i decided i was gonna do that (laughs) and uh i don't really know what i can't remember that moment well enough to remember my thought process um i'm sure it was just like Oh, I'd like for people to want to listen. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a class clown who just got in trouble. Um, but, yeah, then I started writing jokes when I was 10, and they were really awful and mostly pretty offensive. <laughs> and then... Um, Everything you want them to be when you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then... I guess picked that back up when I was 14. I've been reading those jokes... At shows recently, um, also equally awful, slightly less offensive, and then lost interest for a while, um, or I guess probably didn't get great reactions from people, and I didn't get on stage until I was barely 19. 
So are you from the, I know you're from Texas. I'm from here. I'm from Austin. You're from Austin? Okay. Very cool. There's, um, I think the comedy scene in Austin is very interesting and continues to grow. And um, there's definitely some bigger names that have been popping out of this city more and more often. Um, Are there any, I guess, comedians that you look to uh, besides Jerry Seinfeld is kind of an inspiration to to what you're working on or your style of comedy. Um, When I saw you and I watched your tape at Texas State at one of their fundraisers, um, I know a lot of comedians talk about trying to find your point of view and getting more personal is how you end up becoming more successful as a comedian. And I think you already are very, like you tell personal stories, you have a great point of view um, for your jokes. (laughs) And, um, you know, are there any other comedians that you kind of watch uh, in terms of you appreciate their style and kind of take pointers from that? I honestly don't watch a lot of comedy, and I can't really pinpoint why. Um, I think it's a combination of um, that it makes me feel like I should be working harder mm. because, like, seeing people who are so good, there's a there's an aspect of envy. Um, and I'm a really afraid of mimicking someone Mm. Uh, and I think I did do that early on I'm not sure whom I was mimicking but somebody Uh, but the obvious answer for me is Louis C.K. because uh, he makes himself so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and he's so conversational like people have asked me before (laughs) I'm just gonna go on stage and start talking yeah with absolutely no no notes or anything yeah. like the process. <laughs> no, no word for word script, which is mm-hmm. what I have. Um, and he really pulls that off. Like, I'm sure a lot of people who don't understand what stand up is think that he just goes up there yeah. with kind of an idea of what he's going to say. Yeah. And that, in my eyes, is true talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, other types of comedy, mm-hmm. I mean, other, other styles of stand up that are clearly scripted. I can appreciate them a lot too, but I just, there's something about that being able to get lost in what he's saying Mm -hmm. and, and really feel like it's just a one-on-one conversation that I aspire to being able to do that with my audience. Yeah. I think it's also, his stuff is just so real. Like I sat and watched one of his specials with my father and I don't think I've ever seen him laugh harder when he's talking about how you'll never see a vagina the same way again after you've had a daughter because you have to wipe shit out of a little tiny vagina. And he lost it. And I was just like, it was both the most awkward moment, but I'm sure the best moment that Lucy would have wanted to happen out of that situation. That's really funny. Um, and I, <laughs> I just saw him at the the Oddball Comedy Festival, um, which was yeah, me too. Which was hilarious. I also really enjoyed uh, Whitney Cummings' set. I did too, and I wasn't expecting to. I wasn't either. So I was like a mediocre fan of of her show, Whitney, and and I know she writes for Two Broke Girls, but I don't really watch that show, and I've seen her stand up before. Um, and I found that she was just very abrasive and I, or I don't know, her speaking style was very like loud and I just felt like she was yelling at me the whole show, like other specials I've watched. But this time I was like genuinely loved the entire set from beginning to end and her interactions with the American Sign Language translators. Yeah, that was absolutely (laughs) hilarious. I guess I'd only watched a little bit of her stand up and I've never seen Whitney, but I thought of her as... Like, Louis C.K. is the ultimate comics comic. I'm sure always was, and now, like, most comics comics don't get famous. Mm -hmm. Because 
you have to be a comic to truly appreciate them. And I just saw her as the opposite of that. Like she kind of like a Carlos Mencia figure, just mm-hmm. no respect from a lot of the comedy community. And her set, after having seen her set there, it makes me think that um, maybe she's just sort of become more mainstream because she realized that's what she needed to do. Because mm-hmm. the set we saw was not a mainstream comedy no, set. Like it was. Not. And it made me, it made, it really made me realize that maybe she's like kind of strayed from her roots in order to make it. And now she's going to go ahead and, and do whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. I've so heard, cool. um, she had a, do you ever listen to Mark Marin's podcast? I only have a couple times. Um, so he had an interesting interview with her and I found that to be such an interesting dynamic because he, I, I think Mark Marin fits into that Louis C.K. realm Absolutely. of like, I never think he has anything written down when he goes up to, to, to do his set, like, at all, but it comes out so genuine and personal and, and everything is hilarious and funny. And so they're, they were, intervie- like, interviewing each other, essentially, about just, like, all of this really dark crap that they went through as children, and it was very insightful, but then also very funny at the same time. And she talks about how being, like, a pretty comic is very, is, like, a blessing in disguise because, like, people don't want to take her as seriously because she... She's like, because I get facials. Like, I don't really know <laughs> what the big deal is there. Um, yeah, Oddball was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that entire show. I think Reggie Watts is a closet, like, genius. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, I didn't really watch his set, though. Yeah. Um, he has a show on IFC called Comedy Bang Bang, which is also pretty interesting. I haven't seen that yet. Um, I I've seen him live, though. I saw him at the North Door. Oh, Reggie was great. Yeah, he's killed. It was a couple of South by Southwest ago. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. I liked that he... Oh, you didn't see his set at Oddball? Is that what you said? No, I was getting a beer. Um, he thought the cicadas were birds. And so he <laughs> kept being like, what are these crazy birds doing out here? And like mimicked the sound into like his song or whatever. And um, I think he's a genius too. Yeah. Yeah. That and his... I have Afro envy of his hair. <laughs> like, my tiny little blonde Afro will soon be Reggie Watts' size. It'll be fantastic one day. Um, so I know you just got back from Portland for the All Jane, No Dick Festival. Yes. Am I saying that correctly? I kept wanting to say All Dick, No Jane, and I was like, that is the opposite <laughs> of what this festival is. I wouldn't have gone to that. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not. Um, and I saw there is a lot of uh, kind of flack about the fact that there weren't going to be male comedians in a, a I just didn't really understand why that was a big deal for people. But um, how was the festival? How did how did everything go there? It was great. Yeah. So you're are you referring to the men's rights activists? Yes, the yeah. air quotes men's rights yes. activists because I don't think they deserve. No, thing. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Guys. No. Yeah. Um, he was upset that men were being excluded. Uh, he thought that that was very sexist. He was planning to stand outside and peacefully quietly protest the festival with a sign Mm. and my show sold out so I talked to the executive producer of the festival who said she thinks that maybe they would not have sold out had it not been for this so we're (laughs) pretty happy that it happened he never showed up and he claimed that he feared for his safety which is hysterical that is hysterical um (laughs) it's like the um the crazy people who show up outside of Pride Festival, like with all of their like, you're going to hell and I've never actually seen you. that. Oh my gosh. So 
Um, I was telling you earlier before we started recording, I used to work for a gay rights uh, like campaign, and so I'd had to go work Pride, and we all took like photos in front of them, like they were a mo- like a background for us, just being like, "Yeah, we're at Pride. Check out all this hate at the gate. Like, <laughs> this is That's gonna really be funny. great." Um, I'm sure they loved that. Oh, I'm sure they did as well. But they had to, like, just do nothing because if they interact, they get kicked out of the space. Oh, really? Yeah, because it has to be, like, this form of peaceful protest because it's on, like, city property. I don't know. Okay. It's this whole, like, thing. So they just stand there. That sounds really great. And it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to go to the next Pride and do that. You should. You don't, don't even have to go there. in. You can just go to the gates and, like, okay. photobomb all these <laughs> pictures with these crazy activists. Uh, another air quote, activists uh, outside of the gates. This was here? Yeah. So how many people show up to do that in Austin? Oh my! Um, I'm sure they're coming from outside of the I'm city. I'm sure there's some people coming from out of town, but um, but you know it's it's interesting. When I was working for that campaign, I would go knocking, and being in Austin, you didn't expect to get like too many terrible reactions. Being like, "Hello, I'm here to talk to you about gay rights, and I have a crew of people walking through your neighborhood to talk to you about it." Um, I would get a couple of people who'd be like, get off my lawn, you know, and like, I keep a gun in my household and you need to leave my doorstep. And I'd be like, all right, sir, have a wonderful day. <laughs> it happens. I think it's the most passive Austin threat. Yeah. It's like, I have a gun in my house. house. You need to get <laughs> off my lawn. It's like, all right, sounds great. A couple slam doors, but that, that was usually, yeah. God. It's an interesting job. <laughs> Um, I admire that you did that. <laughs> so I heard you're going to be at Fun 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 Fest yeah. this year. Um, what day are you performing? The I believe it's the seventh Friday mm-hmm. at Friday. one with uh, greetings from Queer Mountain, awesome. which is a great storytelling show uh, put on by Ralph Hardesty and Michael Folk at Cheer Ups like once a month. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Um, are they doing the comedians in the tent yeah. space again this well, year? I think so. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah. Still a yellow stage. It was, uh, I liked the tent because it kept, you know, it was easier to hear, but it was also extremely difficult to get in to see some of the bigger acts, I felt like, because there was a capacity to it, yeah. you know, whereas all the other stages, you can fit so many people in front of it, so yeah. I felt like it was a little limiting to the comedy aspect of the festival, which is what I think the festival started out with at first anyway, was comedy. Um, I've never heard that. I thought it was... All, I mean, I feel like everything it is now except for like yeah. extreme sports. The extreme sports have. and the spray painting or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I remember I tried to go in high school, but I ended up not going, and the tickets were like it's like sixty dollars for the whole weekend. The whole weekend. Uh, mm. And I remember there was comedy, but there was also like, there were several stages just like yeah. there are now, and there's no. It was in like Waterloo, which would not be big enough now. Yeah. But I I like the tent because I don't think. Comedy should be, on the like, that makes stage. it kind of an inside venue. True. And it makes it more intimate. Yeah. It adds what, what. Like um, Oddball was kind of missing and that there's yeah. 20,000 people there. Yeah. I would never go to that again. I mean, we, that lineup was too difficult to pass up for this exactly, year. I was yeah. just like, Louis C.K. sells out every single time he comes here. And so I was like, this is probably my only golden opportunity to catch this this fine gentleman here. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was, and there's so many hecklers in Austin. I don't know if it's just cause like people feel more comfortable here, but it, I, I just saw like at Tiggs set at the Paramount, there was a ton of 
hecklers kind of going on and the paramount was talking about how they deal with it they give them like a once warning and then the next time you're out you know like if you keep bothering people and during really? like um during louis set he there's this crazy woman wearing these ridiculous glasses like two rows in front of me who got up and tried to like give him something on stage and i was like what What makes you think that this guy's gonna take like a minute of your of his time 20,000 people's time to take whatever you're trying to give to him and like the security was like tackling her back to her seat i think the problem is that a lot of people have never been to see live comedy and they they don't understand how disruptive they're going to be yeah because if you're at if you're seeing live music Chances are you're not going to get access to them yeah. to give them something. Yeah. But it wouldn't be disruptive in the same way. Like, it's really easy to play through someone insane trying to interact with you. Yeah, because it's way or louder. Or if they have a break between songs, yeah. they can do whatever they want. But you, there's not, like, the psychological there need isn't for a lull an uninterrupted... In a, yeah, there isn't a lull in a comedy yeah, set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, like the, it's just Ideally. a continual arch through the story or whatever. Um yeah, I don't know. Austin's an interesting crowd. I know you've <laughs> obviously been here way longer than I have your entire life, but I've um, never really been heckled. You've never been heckled. That's I mean, I think a lot of it is but. like the people who are. I have, but I mean, not to the point that it was annoying or disruptive in that level. That it was like traumatic. <laughs> no, I mean, I've definitely had people. Um, I was at the Velveeta Room. I was hosting at the Velveeta Room, which is a really high risk place because. Off of it's Street. on six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And people will just come in, not having planned to see comedy. They're just drunk, and they come in because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. And um, someone was talking, and I just said, "Shut the fuck up!" And he didn't <laughs> say anything else. And it just came out of me like I, I was in no way premeditated. I kind of wish I hadn't said it that way because <laughs> I think I lost the audience at that point. But um, yeah, I think when it happens here, it's because people love the performer too much yeah. like Dave Chappelle Dave Chappelle's uh, yeah. show was completely ruined I'm sure he'll never come back here oh probably and I don't want Austin get, to get a reputation like that that was I was at Oddball last year too and um I thought the crowd was so lame for Flight of the Concords, which I thought was terrible like it was very obvious everyone was just like waiting for Dave Chappelle because we were the first stop on this tour it was the first time Dave Chappelle was gonna be coming out like in years to do anything and so everyone was not paying attention and the Flight of the Concords killed it and they made comments about how the crowd was lame and I was just like come on guys like why are you being like this They'll never at come all back. yeah it was it was so lame I was like please I'm here to see everyone <laughs> the great thing is though I mean you're not gonna see your favorite people at the tiny little venues but we have yeah. a really tight knit um devoted comedy nerd mm-hmm. uh scene that comes out and fills up places like Cold Town and Cap City for Punch. Mm-hmm. So there are cool people who don't just come out to see the, big the most famous comics in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a, I just interviewed and I um, hyped them up a lot, but Bedpost Confessions is probably one of my favorite kind of storytellers. Yes. They're so good. And I think it's such a great mixture of people who are stand up comedians and then also just storytellers. Yeah. Um, but I usually, I usually think that the people who do comedy on the regular basis are the most compelling and kind of keep the audience entertained um, throughout their entire story. Um, So I love seeing people at there. And the theme, I mean, who doesn't want to listen to someone talk about sex, right? (laughs) It's fantastic. Yeah. And the audience confessions are the best part. Oh my gosh. So many weird things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
a couple weekends ago I couldn't go, but uh, my boyfriend and some other friends went and they were like, someone was talking about anal hooks and we had to look them up because we were not sure what that was. <laughs> and Do I was you like, want to talk about what anal hooks are? I don't know what that is. <laughs> it is a... Uh, <laughs> we're getting into Sex Toy 101. Um, it, it's this hook that you put up your bum and it's attached to a string that's attached to your neck. And so you have to sit up straight because if you slouch, it'll move in an uncomfortable or pleasurable way depending on what you're into so wait so it's less erotic and more like forcing you to have good posture i have no idea what the the eroticism is of it i don't find it to be a turn on but apparently under your clothes i guess so this person i don't know what the confession (laughs) was but all my friends just kept coming they we all met up for drinks like a week later and that's all that we could talk about was this (laughs) anal confession and i was like Oh, well, I'm glad I wasn't at that one. <laughs> I've always joked that I have bad posture because the person who taught me how to have good posture and really bitched at me about it was my grandmother who died when I was nine. So ever since then, I've been slouching. So this could be my solution. This could be it. You just need nano hook. hooks. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that went in a completely different direction. I'm going to start flipping through my notes here. <laughs> I have like, no idea where to go with that, this conversation. Um, well, I think someone who would appreciate a conversation about sex toys would probably be Lena Dunham. So do you want to, um, so how did you, I know she was taking submissions for, for openers. So how did that all kind of come about or somebody posted on Facebook? I think, um, I have no idea who it was, but I just happened to see a link to the submission page and, um, or like an article about how she was taking submissions for openers. And I saw that Austin was one of the cities. So I just sent in a video and a bio in, like, mid-July, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I heard back from them, I guess, in September. And uh, originally it was supposed to be, like, a three- to five-minute set, which scared me because that's quite short. That is very short, yeah. When you're starting out, three minutes sounds like an eternity, but... Yeah, that's, like, your first open mic at a... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they got in touch and they asked me not to publicize it until she announced, um, the the entire, yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, uh, they told me like five to 10 minutes and they just told me to decide what I wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. I did like close to 10. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to be able to take my time. But, uh, yeah. And then. Um, I was really scared from the time they, they emailed me, they didn't call mm-hmm. me. They emailed me, I was really scared from the time they emailed me until like the second I left the stage because <laughs> it went well. So, yeah. um, I thought yeah, you were I hilarious. Was, I loved the, the Las Vegas, uh, the glasses joke because as someone who also wears glasses, I'm like, Hey, I want to fog your glasses. <laughs> I was like, there's so many different ways I fog my glasses every day. The dishwasher, the oven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I actually... Um, I told that story the first few times I told it, probably like the first 10 times I told it, I didn't realize that his offer was like to get steamy. I thought, let me fog them glasses. I thought that meant like, let me blow on your glasses and wipe them off for you. Let me clean your glasses for you. (laughs) I really thought that's what he was offering. So, um, I told that as, cause he says, Hey, big girl, what's up, big girl? Let me fog them glasses for you. 
I, the line after that in the bit, how I told it was, um, like you said, I'm a big girl. Been fogging my own glasses for years. <laughs> so I was making it a masturbation joke without knowing that, like thinking I was doing a clean set. Because at that point, I was like a pretty He's talking clean talking about cleaning comic. off my glasses. Yeah. And then finally, someone told me, like brought up how, how that was a funny way to offer sex. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then <laughs> we figured out the mistake that I had made. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so did you get to, um, to, to meet her at all or spend any time? I had a friend who's, yeah. um, who works for Planned Parenthood, and Lena had been up there with all of them. And she's like, I, I was fangirling really hard. Like, there's a couple of people I fangirl in, like, too many different ways and and she's one of them and so it's just like how was it how was she i hope she's everything i want her to be you know she before is. the books the book signing and she's like i met her for like three minutes and she was very pleasant and i was like <laughs> that is not enough for me you know <laughs> no she um yeah i went in and her publicist told her i was there and she almost knocked me down um with a hug which is great because i'm yeah. a hugger That's great. like a forceful hugger um, and I don't, she asked me a lot of questions and it made me wonder if she does that because she realizes that people get starstruck mm. and she doesn't want there to be awkward silence. So she just continues the conversation. It was just like, yeah. And I, at the end of it, I was like, I hope I didn't seem self-centered because a lot of what we talked about was me, but it was just because she just asked a lot of questions. Yeah. Like I'm sure I was really all- interested in finding out a lot of details. Yeah. <laughs> It might be, I wonder if it's because she gets interviewed so much, she feels like she only talks about herself. That to where could it's totally like be it. The flip side, she's like, oh, I can finally have this conversation where yeah. I'm not the center of attention. Um, I've also, I've heard from a couple of comics before, or like performers in general, that they are a little bit more introverted than most people think they would be. And it's because they're way more observational. And that's like how you come up with your jokes. It's like you're observing the way people are acting and you're observing situations in order to formulate these stories um and so I always think it's you know interesting to see people you would assume would be like bubbly crazy personalities because that's what they are on stage or on television and they're complete opposites yeah. like for themselves and they're not just that character um do you find yourself to be more of an introverted personality when you're out and about and not kind of like on being your comedian self or is that do you have any kind of divide there it depends. Um, I'd say I'm equally extroverted and introverted. It really depends on my mood. I'm a pretty mm-hmm. moody person. Um, we and <laughs> I mean, like, severely moody. Like, I, I don't really subscribe to um, astrology much, but I'm a cancer, and if you read the description mm-hmm. of a cancer, it's embarrassingly accurate. So... <laughs> All right. My yeah. dad is a cancer, and he is also highly accurate to the cancer description. <laughs> it's, it's cool because the positives are really positive, but the negatives are pl- plentiful. And, yeah, one of them it. is moodiness. Like, I'm a crab. But, I mean, when I'm in a good mood, I'm jovial is the word, I think. <laughs> um, and when I'm not, I just kind of have nothing to say. And it's tough as someone who... Like, when I am in a good mood, people see me as that person. So then when I'm in a bad mood, like, people don't just accept that I'm in a bad mood. Like, they think I hate them. 
and they expect me to always be that person. Mm-hmm. And that is my stage persona too. So I don't know. I feel like people don't, people take it personally when I'm not in that state. Yeah. When you're not. But it can go either way. Um, so when you're in the process of, or how often do you write new material for your performances? Very rarely. I've been slacking a lot. And, um, yeah, I think about every day how I should be writing and I don't. Uh, yeah, I want to start writing like five minutes a day and work my way up to at least 30 minutes, hopefully an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I, I feel like my writer's block is associated with just a fear of writing shit that I don't mm-hmm. feel like anyone wants to hear. So I'm just, I mean, I've been paralyzed by that fear for a while. And I feel like when I do have new material, it's mostly associated with the fact that like, that something happens in my life that I'll tell people a story. Because mm-hmm. like you said, I do a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Tell people a story. If they react really positively to it, and they're laughing I'm like I should probably write something around this Mm -hmm. and then I will but it doesn't happen spontaneously and I'm not um, I'm not forcing myself to be generating new stuff so Mm -hmm. there's no gold to be found within the pages of stuff that should never be said aloud (laughs) I'm just not writing at all and um, it's bad yeah I'm really stuck is there a a because I know in a lot of larger cities, there's kind of those small celery, not celery like the vegetable, but like cell, like, <laughs> cell, I don't know what I'm trying to say. A cellar, yes, cellar-like um, venues where comics go and kind of work out new material. Is there a place like that in Austin that you feel comfortable kind of working out new material in? Or is it kind of the places here you have to be ready with that material for that particular audience? Honestly, I don't even know what those places are right now because it's been so long since I've had enough new material that I needed to go ahead and do it in open mic and not take it to a showcase as like part of a bigger, more sure Mm -hmm. thing set. Um, I know they exist. They would just be like the Velveeta room open mic on Thursdays is the place you go. If you have the guts to try out new material Mm -hmm. on an audience, it's probably going to hate you. Um, but for the most part, lately I've just been, I'll get showcase sets or, um, I don't, like the festivals, Mm -hmm. um, and just sort of slip something new in the middle of stuff that's tried and true. Yeah, I mean, most, I don't think, most comics don't write completely new material every single year. I think the... The one case example that everyone always brings up Louis. is Louis, yeah, yeah, who writes new stuff it's incredible for every single tour that he does, which is crazy incredible. Um, yeah, I saw Jim Gaffigan twice in a row, um, like on Thanksgiving in Vegas, mm-hmm. and then the next Thanksgiving, and his set was almost identical. And I was sitting there judging him for that, yeah. but at the same time, I'm having trouble replacing like ten minutes, so. Yes. I cannot, I cannot imagine how Louie does that, and he's just brilliant. Yeah, it's, and he's he's definitely one of those guys you know who doesn't have um, like ghostwriters. Like a lot of really big comedians, well, like Louie used to write for Chris Rock. Like he would write jokes for Chris Rock. So it's 
um, the people who are constantly touring on that level have like a crew of comedians yeah. who help them write their sets. Um, so yeah, he's, I could talk about Louis a lot. <laughs> he's an interesting fellow. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that because like Sarah Silverman's set at Oddball, um, did you see when she hosted Saturday Night Live? No. This past, a couple weeks ago. Um, so she did like the whole, uh, she goes out into the audience and like sits on a dude's lap that she did at like her set all through Oddball as well. So it was interesting to see the difference between her doing it for a crowd of 20,000 people and then on broadcast television with an audience of however many they fit into SNL, like two, 300 people. Um, That's funny. But you know, like at the festival, I don't think people were like prompted, like Sarah Silverman's going to come sit on your lap. But I think that the people <laughs> on the television show were like, Sarah Silverman might come sit on your lap during this opening sequence. Cause they seemed a little more open to what was going on than the folks at oddball. Um, that was an interesting crowd. That's funny. I wouldn't have <laughs> thought about, of course they warned them. Yeah. I don't know. They just seemed a little bit more prepared for, I get, they also probably have to sign a million waivers cause they're on yeah. television, but, <laughs> um, I just thought it was funny. It wasn't, quite as amusing as the one on tour because the people on at the the oddball fest I don't think knew she was going to come down there and like call them that out for really their funny. shit I need a white Christian <laughs> man <laughs> she was hilarious oh my gosh I Her, love that they were all just having fun like yeah they seemed dead oh yeah it was the, the last, last yeah. The, yeah um and I mean a lot of them were clearly not just doing a set yeah, they were like, this is it, it's done, Everything. Yeah. I get paid no matter what now. And we <laughs> like, don't really care. We don't give a shit. You're already uh, here. You're, you're... Rick Perry's man titties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was probably my favorite thing of the entire night <laughs> um, from her. Um, so where can folks see you before Fun 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 Fest? Are you performing anywhere else soon? Um... Actually, I don't think I have anything between now and then. I did art outside yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was cool. That's um, an interesting... There's a very specific <laughs> audience who goes to art outside. Yeah, it was exactly what I was picturing it would be. Yeah. Just a lot of beards and tie-dye. And, yeah. Um, yeah, a 10-year-old came up to me. I was, uh, I was leaving, and um, there was this huge facial structure like the front part of of a skull and um it was gigantic I mean it was like probably 20 feet tall and uh out in front of it there were like 12 to 16 joysticks and people were controlling different features of the face it was really cool like they actually had some really really cool stuff going on that I I was just expecting a lot of techno because that's what I heard about it but this 10-year-old boy, as I was turning to leave, he was like, hey, are you that girl from that show over there? And I said, yeah. And he was like, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, why was this kid listening to me talk about oh my gosh. the things I talk about? Yeah. Like, a lot of it is fine for children. Mm-hmm. I would anticipate that they wouldn't understand a lot of it. So I was impressed that he, like, he, liked it. He liked it and he got yeah, it. Yeah, but some of it's quite dirty. There was yeah. a two-year-old in the audience who was taken out, like, right before I got on stage. But, um, yeah, the comic right before me tried to talk to her. Had gone out into the audience and oh tried to gosh. walk up to her, and she ran away. It's, uh, but, yeah, I don't think I have any shows before then. Well, definitely have folks check you out there. Um, do you have any 
advice for a lady comic who might be listening, hopefully listening to my podcast <laughs> for uh, their future endeavors or getting started and making it work? Um, be nice to people and do your best. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. This is fun. All right, that does it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Hey Ladies, and we will see you again soon. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or someone you think I should talk to on the podcast, please give me a shout over email. It's heyladiespodcast at gmail.com. You're also welcome to check us out on Tumblr. It's heyladies.tumblr. Oop, do not go to heyladies.tumblr. That is, that is not what I'm talking about. Heyladiespodcast.tumblr.com really important that podcasts in there it is definitely not the same thing anyway thank you again so much for tuning in and we will talk to you again next time